Justice Breyer is out and a black woman Supreme Court justice will be in. Hey girls and guys, I'm Brandy with an eye and this is Did You Hear the News? Another show, another week full of shenanigans. So let's get into it. Let's start with news that is a little disturbing, but at this point, what can we do? So as I mentioned last week, and if you don't already know, there is this increasing tension between Russia and Ukraine. There has been for years. It's really been just a whole plethora of things. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm an expert on those foreign affairs. I know a little bit. Let me give you the high level that I understand. So Russia and Ukraine used to be a part of the USSR. They are Soviet states. Uh, when the USSR was dismantled back in, I think it was 1991, uh, basically all of those states had a chance to do their own thing. Uh, but Ukraine, because it literally is on the border of Russia, like they're touching each other. Apparently, there are like strong Russian ties there anyway. But Ukraine was like, hey, like we want to be our own state like we want to do what we want to do in our country we want to be a democracy like we don't want to be led by autocrats like we want to do this our way and so then they started getting increasingly more uh cool with the west which would be you know us and other allies and then on top of that ukraine wants to be a part of nato and Russia does not want that. So basically, Vladimir Putin has always said that he did not um, approve, basically, of the Soviet Union uh, being collapsed or whatever. Like, he thinks that's one of the biggest uh, mistakes that ever happened. Like, he f fully resents it. So he feels like, basically, Ukraine should technically be a part of Russia like and I think what makes it really hard for Ukraine is that so there are other like bordering states right just like Belarus and stuff like that but like those places are friendlier with Russia like they are for like that autocracy like they think that's cool but Ukraine is like no we want to be a democracy we that's how we want our nation to be run and Russia's like mm, we don't like that so yeah part of the reason I mean and there are a plethora of reasons and then everybody's not super sure they're like we think it's this we don't know for sure because Vladimir Putin hasn't ever been like if y'all like we want it because it belongs like he's never really done that he's just kind of like put things out there so people are like kind of speculating pretty much at you know what they want so last week I told you that um, the United States is like trying to work in the middle between like Ukraine and Russia to basically try to get them to a point where it's like, okay, can we de-escalate the situation, right? United States has already said that they are going to support Ukraine no matter what Russia does, even if it's quote unquote a small incursion, which Ukraine did not like that because they don't feel like any incursion or anything that Russia does against them is going to be small. I can totally understand that. So the United States has been like hosting talks and like Antony Blinken was in Geneva trying to like have these talks with them. And so then uh, Russia finally was like, okay, we have these concerns. We want you to send your response to these concerns back to us in writing. <laughs> okay, so the United States did that. And then at that point, everybody was like, 
what they already knew, this doesn't change anything. Like, United States has already been like, because they already felt like Russia was going to be like, Ukraine cannot join NATO. And the United States has already said, like, that's their red line. Like, that's their hard stop. They're not going to prevent Ukraine from joining NATO. Like, they should have the chance to do that if they want to. So it's just been really crazy. There's like, they say there are these campaigns of like disinformation in Russia. So basically, we're seeing one worldview, right? All everyone outside of that seeing one worldview. It looks like to us that like Russia is really like pressing on Ukraine and being hostile towards them. But in Russia, they're basically telling their people like, no, no, we are defending ourselves because the Ukraine is hostile to us and like NATO is trying to come for us. And everybody's like, no, that's not true. Like there are almost or over a hundred thousand Russian soldiers like around and along the borders of Ukraine. They already annexed part of Ukraine, Crimea, uh, like in 2014, I think it was. So it's like Russia has been playing these games with Ukraine for years now at this point. And so it's crazy that they're trying to make it seem like, no, it's not us. Like we're just making mouth and we haven't bothered anybody, but like they're coming for us. And it's just wild because I think it was at the World War One or two. It was at the World War Two, I think. I'm not a huge history buff, so look it up. But Apparently, part of the treaty to end the war was that the the borders were drawn, and that's that. Like, there won't be any changing of the borders. It's not going to be Louisiana purchased from LaFrance. None of that. The borders are set. It is what it is, right? But the issue is that Russia keeps encroaching upon Ukraine. Like I said, they're already annexed Crimea, which is actually in like the peninsula of Ukraine. So if you actually look at Ukraine and like the geography of it, Crimea is like south. It's like kind of like this little piece that hangs off of Ukraine, but it's like, it's like on the water, right? So, and then apparently Vladimir Putin and Russia say that they did that because they're just trying to protect the, you know, the Russian speaking people of Ukraine. But like, once again, there's no proof that Ukraine is doing anything at all to bother Russian speaking people in Ukraine or like Russian like there's no proof of that right but these are the things that they're saying on their end to try to justify what's going on like everybody is the aggressors aggressors towards Russia Russia hasn't done anything and they're perfect so that's what's going on there and that's ongoing I think it was just uh, Monday that they announced basically that they have like 8,500 troops at the ready. Like they didn't told them to be on standby. Uh, as we went along in the week, it was like, basically, you know, some of them are being told like, you'll know in 10 days. Some of them are being told you'll be told in five days. So basically like they're ready to send troops not to the border of Ukraine, like, or not into Ukraine, but basically to like the NATO places around uh, the area. Because technically, like, because Ukraine hasn't joined NATO, even though NATO has given them the invitation to do so, uh, they haven't joined yet at this time. So they don't have the NATO protections. And, you know, we're part of NATO, even though the last president thought that was a terrible thing and he like trashed NATO, but like, it's an alliance, right? So the U.S. is trying to also protect like those NATO countries, but not also like escalate the the problem further because it's already like a hot mess at this point. Like they think Vladimir Putin can get out of the bed any day and be like invade. So like they're not trying to make it any worse than it has to be. Totally understand that. Once again, I'm not a historian. I'm not a foreign policy expert. Uh, I did hear that there was a good episode of Pod Save the World, I think it is, because there's Pod Save America and then there's Pod Save the World where they talk about um, issues going on in the world. So if you have a chance, go listen to them. They talk about it in depth, people that actually know stuff, or just Google, um, because a lot of information I got is from reading articles that kind of like break down exactly what the issue is or like why they believe that 
all of this drama is going on. But so that's where we are in it. And that's where the United States is. Like, even though we have like this relationship that's tense with Russia, like we do have some interests, some shared interests with them especially when it comes to like Iran. So I understand why the United States is like trying to do what they can first to be like diplomatic and to de-escalate, right? Because if the United States just rushes in, it's going to be like, oh, well, they're the, the superpower and they're a bully. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like it's a big deal for them to try to come through and just be like, let's talk it out and let's see if we can find a way not to escalate because... Ukraine really wants, like you can tell by the things that they've said and the the way they've expressed their feelings, they really want the U.S. to be like, we're going to come in with tanks. and and But, you know, we don't want to do that. We just got out of a 20-year war. And when I say we, I think a lot of it, like I don't think a lot of us want to go back to war, right? Now, it does make a lot of money for those people that have power, but... I don't think really anybody wants to go to war and I, Joe Biden doesn't either. So at this point, like he's like, listen, we're trying to get, we're trying to give you all the support that we can give you without legit just dropping troops off in your country. So we'll keep an eye on that. Like a lot of people feel like, why are we even in it? But it's like, once again, like if Russia is going to try it, they're going to keep trying it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you let this happen, like, if you let them take over uh, Ukraine, and once again, those borders are changed, even though the treaty said that the borders are done, like, that's it. Like, what a slippery slope. That's what I feel, slippery slope. So, I think that's why not just us, but other uh, countries are also trying to help us. <laughs> Listening to the news yesterday morning, it was so funny. I cannot remember the guy's name, but he's like one of the guys that's a part of the Biden administration. And he came out. He came out also um, around the time of the Afghanistan withdrawal, and he was like kind of the talking head. And he was basically like, you know, Brianna Keeler asked him, CNN, you know, that's usually what I watch. She was like, "We heard that Germany sent helmets, and Ukraine was kind of upset that, <laughs> or like they were." Basically kind of picking at Germany because all they did was send helmets. And I kind of chuckled too because I was like, helmets? like. But the guy was like, listen, like everybody's trying to do what they can. And I was like, yeah, but helmets. Helmets, Germany. Anyways, I can't tell Germany what to do. That's their own thing. But I think most of the NATO countries and then, of course, like our allies are trying to like do the best that they can do without anybody going into like a flat out war nobody wants that nobody wants a war i mean maybe putin does i can't say for sure but most people don't want a war so that's why the united states is in it and here's another thing weeks ago tucker carlson was like why is the united states siding with ukraine why aren't they siding with russia because russia is the one like basically those russian talking points like was pushing those and I'm like are you okay number one United States is gonna support democracies hello like that's what we're for that's what we're supposed to be about that's what we're supposed to be founded on like that's our constitutional thing you know what I'm saying so like we're democracy we're going to support democracies Russia's an autocracy like and I know that you guys that's what you guys wanted that's what you guys wanted with the last president. Um, but that's not what the United States is, even though the, the, the democracy is in shambles. Like, we're a democracy. So we're going to help countries that are also democracies. Like, we don't believe that countries should be run by one person and they have all the power. Like, literally, I feel like the last... Um, the last bill that was signed or whatever in Russia, like, gives Vladimir Putin power until 2036. Like, what? Can you imagine? Could you imagine having to have the last guy as our president for, like, decades? Can you even imagine that? Like, nobody wants that. So, it's like, okay, Ukraine wants to be a democracy. I just, this is why I'm just a girl sitting at her desk recounting news stories because I could not even imagine thinking 
that number one, I should be the leader of a country for years and years and years and years and years. And everything should be done the way that I want it because I know what's best for everybody. And then on top of that, I also know what's best for other countries. I cannot imagine being that kind of person, but I was, I guess I was raised differently. And then what y'all say, that's not how I was raised. But anyways, so that's what's going on with uh, Russia and Ukraine. Very high level, very high level. And once again, suggest you kind of do some more information if you want to know, because I, like I said, I'm not an expert on that, but that's what I understand about that. So that's why we are uh, a part of that. And yeah, good luck to them. Good luck to them. I don't think that the diplomatic way is going to work. It hasn't so far. So, and they're thinking that like by next month, <laughs> uh, Putin is going to invade. So that's where they are with that. Keep those people uplifted in prayer because that really sucks. Like I can't imagine if we were living here in Canada, it was like, well, we want to take over. Well, it might be actually better because anyways, That's where they are with that. So let's get into everything else. Oh my gosh. It's here. The moment we've been waiting on. Progressives especially. Justice Stephen Breyer has announced that he's going to retire. He said, I heard y'all. As Dala would say, call me Dala on Twitter, said bullying works. <laughs> because y'all have been on that man for the better part of a year. Like, apparently there were billboards and all of this stuff. This man trying to drive into the office seeing a beer board saying Stephen Breyer should retire. Like, y'all are funny. Anyways, I had to agree um, with, I guess, progressives or whatever and liberals who said, yeah, 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 you need to retire. And I'm going to say something and y'all might not want to hear this. Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have re- retired. Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired when Obama was in office, when he had control over the Senate, because I know that the Supreme Court justices now, the ones that pretend that they care, really don't want us to feel like it's a partisan panel or whatever and and that they can be swayed, but we're past that. We're way past that. We absolutely know that they're partisan. We absolutely know that their ideologies and what they believe in helps them make their decisions. Like, we absolutely already know that it was made clear to us when somebody did something to get that other guy to retire so that you know Brett Kavanaugh could take his place because we're still trying to figure out who paid off all his debts but anyways we knew it when you basically held Amy Coney Barrett and was like no 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 we're gonna save her for RBG Because when we replace RBG with a woman, it won't be as noticeable that she's trying to take away abortion rights. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) we know the game. Like, we know the game. And and then you have, like, Clarence Thomas and uh, Coney Barrett appearing at, like, Republican conservative things and, and the McConnell, his, whatever he's got going on. So it's like, we know. Like, if they're supposed to be to not be partisan and they shouldn't be hobnobbing with partisan folks like so so don't try to tell us like oh no we're we're separate of that it's no politics here it's 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 all about politics so anyways Stephen Breyer is doing what Ruth Bader Ginsburg would not do and he's retiring and hopefully in enough time that Joe Biden can get in a replacement he has basically made it clear that he will not be leaving until a replacement has been confirmed so it seems like he will stay on if there has been no one confirmed right if the republicans are tripping hold it up or a homegirl and homeboy who want to give democrats all the trouble decide to pull some shenanigans like He's not going to just leave, like, right? So he's not going to leave it vacant. He's going to wait until the next person is confirmed. Now, 
<laughs> Let's get to it. <sighs> when he was running, President Biden promised that he would nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. So he has uh, reaffirmed that he plans to nominate a black woman. He confirmed also that he has not picked out a person yet. He's still looking. He's still determining. He's going to be advising not only with his vice president, Kamala Harris, not only with the Senate, but with many other people who know things and have knowledge about this stuff. He's not just going to pick somebody just because you think he should. And it's going to be a black woman. Point blank, period. And baby, if some of y'all didn't show y'all behinds when this man confirmed that he was going to nominate a black woman, I mean, I saw stuff affirmative action. Why would we want somebody not qualified? And I was like, what you trying to say? Because it sounds like to me what you're trying to say is there could possibly be no qualified black women to be on the supreme court and so now we got a problem because why would you think that because why would you think that and do you think that all like the other what like 95 percent of the white men that were on the supreme court that they all deserved it that you think that brent kavanaugh deserves it anyway so, yeah, y'all really cut up. A lot of y'all, mostly white men, that was interesting, uh, was really coming for a woman you don't even know yet. And I thought it was really interesting. Jen Psaki was like calling out the Republican plan. Like she's like, I think it's interesting that we haven't picked a person. We haven't said anything about who we want it to be. And Republicans are already coming out to determine that they're not qualified, that they're radical. Because that's what they're going to try to use, right? The Republicans are trying to say, this is a radical person and, you know, we don't want them. And this is not the main. Mitch McConnell has already come out. Oh, he should pick somebody in the middle, like the the, the Senate's 50-50, so the mandate is not some radical liberal or leftist. And I'm like, you got a nerve. You got a nerve. Susan Collins, we shouldn't rush this. There's no reason to rush this. And I felt the last one was too rushed, and I said that, and I feel like at this point, we don't have to rush. No, we following the same timeline. Chuck Schumer, who I was very proud of because I didn't know how, which way it was going to go, basically came out and was like, oh, thank you, Justice Breyer, for all you've done. Uh, President Biden, when you're ready, so are we. Like, we're going as fast as you did. We're going as fast as you did when you rammed Amy Coney Barrett through, who was not qualified, who I believe had that score um, that they get that says, no, should not, should not be confirmed for anything. She hadn't heard any appeals. She hadn't really had any cases. I think she was maybe like three years on the court. Like, she wasn't qualified. Amy Coney Barrett wasn't qualified. And they knew that. But they they had an agenda. And so that's where we are. And so this is this is the life we gotta live. This is the way things have to be. And then people are trying to say, oh, well, this fight didn't start with the Republicans. Like going back to years ago when some man was nominated, I think by like Reagan or something, and not only did Democrats not up uh confirm him but there were republicans too that were like no thanks and then he had to nominate somebody else and they got through it's like don't bring up <laughs> y'all love to these logical illogical fallacies and all this stuff like no if if somebody's not qualified i understand not voting for them but don't make it seem like oh well you guys are the ones that started these supreme court wars when y'all no that was bipartisan in nature when those people didn't vote for that guy. Bork, I think was his last name. Anyways, who cares? We're moving on. You showed us how it's supposed to be done. You said that there only need to be a majority 
of senators who approve a Supreme Court justice. And look, y'all got through three with just of, I think it was 52 at that point. They had a majority. So all they needed was like over 50 and that's what they did. So we're going to do the same thing. You just got the last woman through in like 30 days. We're going to do the same thing. Why wait? Wait for what? Wait for who? Not for Mitch McConnell to maybe take over. He's already said he's not. He's already confirmed that he's not going to bring any Supreme Court justice from a president that's not Republican up for a vote. So why would you? What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for, Susan Collins? For you to make excuses for another Brett Kavanaugh? And say that you got concerns, but then just turn around and vote for him anyway, Susan Collins. Is that what we're waiting for? I never forgive her for giving us Brett Kavanaugh. And many other people haven't either. So that's what we got. But fortunately, fortunately, as we already know, black people have to work twice and three times. Sometimes it's hard to get where they are than other people. So we already have a plethora of black women who are more like, I mean, they called it on CNN yesterday, an embarrassment of riches. Because there there are women who are ready, who have the experience, who have the qualifications, honey, who are overqualified for the job. And so he actually, I, if I don't envy him and having to pick uh, because he has a slate of very good women to choose from. There's uh, Judge Kentaji Brown-Jackson. She was actually uh, just approved or uh, confirmed to the appellate court last year, like just a year ago. And I think three Republicans voted for her last time. That was Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, and Lindsey Graham, which is interesting. So it's like, you already know she's qualified, okay? She is an option. There's uh, Michelle Childs from South Carolina. Jim Clyburn really wants her. Um, she's qualified. There's a, a plethora of women. If you go and look at the slate of women who are up for like super qualified black women, why has it taken this long for one of them to be thought of to be on the Supreme Court? Like it's really embarrassing. And it's really embarrassing that y'all got on the internet and was telling on yourself talking about some affirmative action. I don't know how many more times I can say this. Affirmative action mostly benefits white women. White women. So I had to ask the question, when the Supreme Court likely gets rid of affirmative action because they are looking at a case right now, what are white women going to do? What are white women going to do? And if we're not discussing legacies, legacy admissions, then don't talk about don't talk about that. Because we know that a lot of these Ivy League schools, children get in just because, oh, my dad went here or oh, my family donated all this money and there's a building named after them. Like we're we're talking about legacy admissions as well, right? Because if we're not talking about that, like why are we focusing on affirmative action? And what are the white women going to do? So anyways, I was excited about that. I really was because I was like, it's about time. Why did it take so long? It's 2022 and we're still having black first. Like, miss me with all that. Miss me with your angry tears. I don't, I don't even care about them. Moving along. I think I mentioned last week very briefly because I didn't really know all the details yet. It was like a story that was developing about the fact that there were like fake electors slated for like seven states uh, that the former president lost. Thank goodness. And how there was like not a lot of media talking about it at first. I think it was broke by like Washington Post or something like that. One of those newspapers broke it first and it kind of like took a week for other news uh, cycles to like pick it up. I think sometimes they like get a story, but they want to do more reporting into it first. So they, they want more details to come out first. So I didn't see a lot of people like talking about it a lot, but now baby, now that we know more information and we know that the former uh, counsel for the president Rudy Giuliani was basically in on it. We're finding out more 
And we also have found out that the Department of Justice is actually looking into this plot about the fake electors. So I don't know if I told you guys or not, but let's recap. Basically, the former president was not prepared to lose. <laughs> like, he should have been, but he wasn't. He was going to try to do everything that he could do to not lose, even though he lost. And so, apparently, this is how they've been trying to spin it. Because they were calling into question these seven states that the former president lost, they were like, well, what we need Mike Pence to do is not count the votes for those states. And if he basically says no, send it back, what we're then able to do is say, okay, here are the electors for those states. They're in place. We're ready to basically send them in, in place of the other electors, you know, the right ones. And so basically what many are thinking is that when everything started happening at the Capitol, it was for like two reasons. One reason was to put like pressure on Mike Pence and the Congress to be like, no, we're not going to count these perfectly good, perfectly valid electors for these states. And then that would give them the chance to bring in those electors. But then also, now this part is more so conspiracy because it hasn't really been proven yet. Many believe that what was happening was that some of the insurrectionists, you know, the ones that are actually being charged with like sedition and stuff like that, um, were actually looking for the, uh, like the box. Cause they have, they have these like wood boxes that they have the, um, like the, the votes in or something like that. And they like, it's symbolic, but it also has like the electors in it. So basically they were looking for those boxes so that they could remove them. And then that would call everything into question. And then they would have to bring in those fake electors. It's Listen, when you get down to the nitty gritty of everything that was happening on 1-6, you kind of could see how that was believable. Because like I said, there are people who were just there and kind of got swept up into it but they do believe that there were people and that's why they're being charged with sedition who really had a plan who was like we know what we're here to do we're going to try to do it there were you know oath keepers with earpieces in like you know what i'm saying so it's like okay that's not super hard to believe but whatever it's actually gaining speed now because of the fact that the DOJ has announced Lisa Monaco, the uh, deputy AG, has specifically said and she didn't. They didn't come out and like we're here to let you guys know that where she was like giving an interview and somebody asked her and she said we're investigating, and that's all I'm say. Basically, like. To let y'all know, like, they're not dragging their feet out here. A lot of people are upset with the DOJ. They think the charges should just be thrown out hither and thither and just, just out and about. And everybody should be charged. And listen, I agree. <laughs> I want a lot of these people in jail too. But I think that the DOJ is like, listen, for the sake of our credibility, we have to know that. We just can't come out here with anything. Like, we have to have some solid evidence. We have to get more. Like, and then I think what's happening is they're kind of trying to run parallel to the one six committee, but then see where they intersect, right? So, like, you know, people are giving testimony to the one six committee, and then there's also like the trials going on with the people who are being charged with sedition. So I think that what they're trying to do is kind of see what the one six committee unearths and then boom, like that's all the information they need, right? They can maybe actually bring charges that will stick. That's what I believe. I wish it was going faster, of course, but that's what I believe. 
I want to believe that Merrick Garland is just not like, oh, I'm so scared to do anything because the people are going to think it's partisan. Like, I am going to give him a little more credit than that because that's what a lot of y'all are thinking is that he's trying to be meek and mild because of how the last administration did things. And I can understand that. I can totally understand that. I can understand why he'd want to do that. I'm just hoping that that's not what he's doing. I can't do nothing but more but hope. So that's what's going on with that. The one six committee <laughs> really upset the former president, um, especially when they they said that the former uh, attorney general Bill Barr. Remember, Bill Barr left like the week before Christmas in 2020. And apparently it turns out that like that was two days after they mentioned the the fake electors or was it the memo for the president wrote to basically take over the voting machines, like send the military to take over the voting machines. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. I'm going to give that one some time because I really want to understand what happened there but basically there was like this memo that the former president wrote i might have mentioned this before because it's not new i think we knew about that but i think with the one six committee actually getting the documents that they need from the archives maybe like they actually seen it with their own eyes apparently he had wrote up like this memo to send the military in to seize the voting machines from these states where he lost. Like, that's how close we were. When I told y'all earlier that our democracy is in shambles, that's what I meant. I absolutely meant it. So, <laughs> just crazy. So, basically, I think it was like two days after that memo that fortunately never went out, thank God, that Bill Barr was like, you know what? I'm choosing to spend this time with my family and I'm going to bow out. So, Apparently, he has spoken with the 1-6 committee, which probably made the former president very upset. And then he was super duper upset about the fact that they nicely and respectfully requested to speak to Ivanka about what the heck was going on that day when everybody was storming the Capitol. Because if you recall... There are text messages from everywhere. <laughs> and also Sean Hannity saying, hey, where's Ivanka? Like, she's the only person that can get through. Texting Ivanka, like, hey, girl, like, so do you want to talk to your dad? Because at this point, the understanding is, like, Donald Trump had turned off his phone if he even had it with him and was, like, not taking calls from anybody and they were like ivanka is our last choice so of course once the media was like hmm, interesting we would just we just want to talk we just we're not gonna jump you just we just want to talk so that really upset him and it was so interesting because he was on whatever show would have him probably somewhere on fox news and he called in and he was like they're gonna go after children and i was like well first of all she's grown she's a grown woman and second of all she worked in your administration like she worked in the senior advisor if i'm not mistaken in your actual administration and third of all it's never a problem when you're talking about hunter biden never child the children are never an issue when it comes to hunter biden who you have said disgusting things about behind his back and to his father's face who you have continued to say has like something going on with Russia which is why his father's not being hard on Russia and I was like his father is actually the one who's doing something right now can you explain why you never did anything about Russia anyways all I'm saying is children were never an issue until now and I think that's foul. Like Hunter never worked for the White House, in the White House, around the White House. He was not on in Barack Obama's administration. He's not in his father's administration. Uh, somehow they got 
the diary of his daughter, Ashley. What? She was not in any administration, but the kids are suddenly off limit. And once again, these are grown people. These are full adults. Okay, I think Ivanka's 40. So it's just like, miss me with the BS. Like, if you notice it, Republicans are really good at like, I'm doing this. But you can't do it because when you do it, like we expect better than you. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how kind of how the Republicans do it. It's like, well, yeah, I'm. we're going to do that because we're Republicans. But like, we expect better from y'all Democrats. And then the media goes, yeah, Democrats, why aren't you doing better? It's it's a vicious cycle. So anyways, that's where the one six committee is. They also sent out some more subpoenas. Um just like people in his orbit, but then also apparently the aide who was there firsthand on the day that the insurrection was happening, who knows what Donald Trump was doing while it was happening. Whoever was the one who said he was watching it on the news with his feet kicked up, eating a Big Mac and giddy, they're like, you need to come in and tell us what's up. Like, we're sick of this. And I'm sick of it too. Like, just get the people to come in that need to come in and write the report. It's time. I'm ready for these hearings. I'm ready to get the information. I'm really over it at this point. So, but they're doing the work. And I can't be mad at them because they're doing the work. They're <laughs> trying to work as fast as they can. Because if the Republicans take over the midterms or like, you know, they win in the midterms, Come January of next year, those people, that committee's going to be gone. Like we already know that. So, and uh, some of the people in those committees are not even ready for re-election. So, all I'm saying is they need to hurry up. They need to hurry up. And then you had Newt Gingrich on TV talking about some the investigators on the one six committee. The if the Republicans take over again, they might put them in jail. And I was like, Are you okay? Honestly, truly, are you okay? Like, what is wrong? <laughs> what is wrong with y'all people? You can't just put people in jail because you don't like their committee. Like, but I mean, the Republicans have tried Stranger Things, so I don't know. Anyways, that's what's going on with the One Six Committee. They keep working. They keep doing what they need to do. Liz Cheney is never gonna give up a chance to keep her foot on their necks but she will not vote for voting rights so you know take that how you must in case you wanted an update into gates gate yes that's the what i call the <laughs> the case investigation against matt gates uh for sex trafficking of a minor and other offenses like also having sexual contact with a minor there have been new developments in that case so if i told you last week and i hope i did the ex-girlfriend of matt gates is cooperating with authorities and they granted her immunity and uh, my understanding is that they would not do that if they were not able to corroborate her information and if it wasn't valuable information so they have granted her immunity and then this week it comes out that an acquaintance to matt gay who is <laughs> a radio host that's not funny i don't have anything against radio hosts it's just like this guy has all kinds of friends anyway so this radio host his name is joseph ellicott they call him big joe i don't know what station he's on but his moniker is big joe and so apparently Big Joe has been into his own fraudulent activities because he was brought up on his own separate charges. And he was, I think he pled guilty, pleaded guilty to those charges. And so I guess in order to lessen his sentence, he's also now cooperating with the authorities who are investigating Matt Gates. And Joe was like, listen, he did what he did with the girl I found out that the girl was young. I called him specifically. Like, I got on my phone. I punched in the numbers. I gave him a ring. And I was like, listen, 
You know that girl's 17. And apparently Matt Gates was like, oh no, clutching his pearls. And he just felt so bad about it that he cut that young lady off never to speak to her again until her 18th birthday. <laughs> so, I mean, like, the shame is non-existent. It's non-existent. So, apparently, yes, like, Joe was able to corroborate the fact that Matt had contact with this girl and that possibly he didn't know her age and then he found out her age and he was still not disgusted enough to not contact her after she turned 18. Like, that's what I got from it. It's like, okay, like, you didn't say, woo, like, dodge the bullet. Let me mind my business. But you called her promptly at 18. That's still gross. That's still gross, in case y'all were wondering. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, Matt Gates continues continues to deny any wrongdoing continues to say that this whole thing against him is just unfounded and ridiculous and if they had a case they would show the evidence and i was like they don't that's not i don't think that's how it works i don't i watch a lot of true crime and i'm not gonna say like i'm a district attorney or a prosecutor or anything but usually it's like when they have the proof they just like bring you up on charges and then we have a trial they're like hey here's our proof so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's just inviting them to like hurry up and like indict him on charges i don't know but either way he's still out here living his grimy nasty life with his i don't know if him his fiance ever got married but i know he did have a fiance and they might be married. I don't know. Um, unlike Madison Cawthorn, who is actually getting a divorce from his wife at the eight months. Anyways, I don't wish him the best. You already know this. I don't, I don't wish him well. I just am like, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be with him. Because uh, Florida has enough terrible leadership going on as it is. Our governor's a mess he doesn't care about us he's still out here pretending that monoclonal antibodies are helpful he's him and the white house are sparring again because they shut down the monoclonal antibody sites because the companies that make them said they don't work against omicron they said it they said it themselves they were like listen <laughs> What we gave y'all is not even potent enough for these big boys that are out, these new variants. So, like, they were like, we don't, we wouldn't suggest using them. And so the FDA was like, we don't approve them anymore. And then, you know, the Biden administration was like, okay, so we're going to close the sites because why would we allow people to take something that's not approved? Because we're child ones hollering, what about FDA approval? It's not FDA approved about vaccines and then when the vaccines got FDA approved y'all was like well what's that mean anyways so yeah the Biden administration was like close it down if it's not gonna work what's the point closing like don't give people false hope and then they go get some medicine that they probably can't afford and that's not gonna help so they closed the sites down and so of course he gets up in Florida and lies like he likes to do and says well the Biden administration is taking away our uh our resources and you know therapies to combat covid and you know we would I, i'm sure that somebody was like hey like you know these people said they don't work and he was like well we would want something that would work you know even if it's 50 percent." and i was like well you know the vaccines work like 90 some percent against like severe illness and hospitalization you don't want to you don't want to tell people about those like jinsaki was like we've sent florida what any what works so if those people want to get vaccinated like it's like are y'all not tired are y'all not tired listen i said it on here and i'll say it again if you don't want to take the vaccine okay okay like i get it 
but you don't want to wear a mask and you don't want to social distance. And then when you decide to not do those things and you get sick and then you get severely ill, why do you go take the therapies that also have been emergency authorized that are also brand new or you go to the hospital and you trust them with whatever other medicine they give you and you bully them talking about you want ivermectin but you won't take the vaccine it just doesn't make logical sense to me you don't know what's in monoclonal antibodies you conservative evangelical Christians don't have any care about the fact that they use stem cells from babies. You know how they got to get those? Babies that have passed away. Probably aborted cells. But like, you you don't have any problem getting that when you get sick with COVID and it's you're severe and you're laying on the floor of a treatment center in Florida about to die. And then the next day they put up a sign saying, please don't lay on the floor. Like y'all don't care about that then, but it's old the vaccine and they trying to put a chip in me. It's like for what? Why would they even, why would they even spend the money on that technology to chip you? What is so great about you? The government does not care that I sit at the house and holler at y'all on this podcast and watch Netflix most of the day. They do not care. If they wanted to know what I was doing, they just look at this cell phone. And then they would be disgusted at how much they see me scrolling through Twitter and IG and then Facebook and then Reddit a little bit. Like, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Critical thinking. Critical thinking. I just want y'all to think critically. Critically. It don't make sense to keep open a center for monoclonal antibodies when the companies who made them are like, hey, we gave y'all what we could, but Omicron is a different beast and we just can't. Why would you why would you even want to take it if the company if a company said, hey y'all, we know that we told y'all about them vaccines and we know we told y'all to take them, but don't take them no more. I would be inclined to think that they know what they're talking about and I would maybe not take that vaccine or whatever so if the company is telling you the no girl no if you get Omicron there's nothing that these antibodies can do for you listen to them but we got a governor who don't care about our health and well-being and he don't care if people die and he don't care if the numbers are fake as long as y'all keep coming to Disneyland and Universal Studios, honey, and South Beach, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale and all that. As long as y'all keep coming and having fun and jumping on top of cars during spring break, he don't care. He don't care. And it's sad. It's sad. And that's why the state Democrats in Florida walked out of the confirmation hearing for the Surgeon General. Because this man, who knows better? I'm going to tell you how I know that he knows better. I know this man knows better because the people that were in med school with him were like, now, you know better. Like <laughs> They were like, Joe, Joe, you know better. But he's out here pretending like he don't know. For the job to be Surgeon General of Florida? Come on, black man. Come on. Like, and so they were asking him, like, so can you say that vaccines are effective against coronavirus? And he couldn't even say, like, yes or no. And it's like the data, sir, the data says yes. Like, all oh, yes. The answer is yes. Like, you are 20% more likely to be hospitalized. If you're not vaccinated, like what are you, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. So yeah, they were like, you know what? We're not going to get anything helpful or 
worthwhile out of this confirmation hearing. So we're going to go. The lady was on CNN. She said, listen, we just felt like we had more pressing things that we could be working on. And she already knew, like, it didn't matter if they were there. They knew the Republicans are going to vote them in anyway. So she was like, we just, like, okay, we just going to go do things that are helpful. Like, And then they were like, well, aren't you, maybe you're discounting the people that are, like, really tired of the pandemic and are just really over it and all this stuff. And she was like, okay, yeah, like, we know that people want to get back to life, back to reality, but that doesn't mean pretending that we aren't in a pandemic and that we don't have the things that we need to get through the pandemic. Like at this point, it's like y'all want to return to normal, but normal is not normal anymore. And then you don't want to, I hate to sound like a broken record, but you don't want to do the things that could get us even closer to the normal that we remember. Y'all are still cutting the food over a mask, showing up at school PTA meetings and stuff, school board meetings, cutting up about masks. Like why? We are approaching the second year of this going into year three of this pandemic and y'all are still cutting the food about masks. Children don't care if they're wearing masks if, as long as you put them one on that's got their favorite character on it. They do not care. But y'all in here at the school board meeting talking about y'all going to bring guns to the school. That's what children have to worry about. Guns, not masks. And you got parents talking about some. If y'all put this mandate on, I'm coming with all of my guns loaded. Like, and fortunately, after the people cut the food when it went public... She was arrested. She weren't going to be arrested at first. I want y'all to notice. She apologized to the police. And they were like, okay, she apologized. And then the people were like, are y'all crazy? Are you the, the school where my child goes? She going to bring all of her loaded weapons? I need her arrested. And they finally arrested her and they gave her like a $5,000 bond. And that's nothing. And she's out of jail now. But she got charged with, I think it was like threats to a school or something like that. I don't know, but she need to be under the jail. She don't need parole or whatever. They're probably going to give her a slap on the wrist. She need to be in jail because how dare you? Like, how dare you? And you know what was so interesting was that the board just kind of like sat there and looked at her. They didn't cut her off until they were like, your time's up. Like, they didn't say, oh, no. Why would you say that in a country where mass shootings, especially at schools, are like so terrible? Like, why would you say that? They just looked at her and the lady said, your time's up. Your three minutes are up. <laughs> Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way you can say that at my child's school board meeting. Because now we got some problems. Because now you're talking about you bringing all your guns to my child's school. Over some masks? Are y'all okay? Are y'all okay? Y'all want to go to these airports and get on these planes and cut the food over mask? Over mask? Are y'all okay? I have never in my life. I have never. Anyways, thank you guys for joining me for another week of Did You Hear the News? Now you've heard the news. Go tell your friends to like, subscribe, and listen to the podcast. Check me out on Instagram at Did You Hear the News, Facebook, Did You Hear the News. Give me your feedback. I love to hear from y'all. I love to hear from y'all. Give me five stars wherever you listen to the podcast. I love your reviews. If they're good, I love your good reviews. If you got bad ones, message me directly and see if we can fix it together. Together. Don't leave a bad review. Just let me know. Let me know. See if we can come to an accord. But anyways, thank y'all guys for listening to another week. Stay safe out there. I know it's going to be cold, especially us on the East Coast. I'm in South Florida and it's chilly. It's chilly. We got a freeze warning, I think. So we got to watch out for falling iguanas. But y'all got to watch out for snow. Like I'm going to take the falling iguanas over the snow like every time. So uh, shout out to y'all who have to live in those kind of treacherous conditions. 
uh, during the winter time. All my love to you guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll see you again. Bye.